nights at 9 on AM 1500 Kingdom of Nye. This is Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. First time callers may reach Art at area code 702-727-1222. 702-727-1222. Now, here again is Art. Once again, here I am. Good morning. Trying to get my radio legs again. I'm back from the flu, which is almost like being back from the dead. I had nigh on to uh, a week and a half worth of fever every single day. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. It was the uh, the Australian version of the flu, and I'll, I'll tell you more about that. But it's all done, pretty much all done. Went to the doctor, got antiviral stuff and psyllin stuff, and I'm pretty much better. Anyway, coming up in a moment... Uh, David, and we'll ask him before we use his last name, who works for a regional airline that feeds America West. He's a commercial pilot, and he saw something in Phoenix. The whole thing in Phoenix seems to be coming alive again. Anyway, one of the first things that I should do here is take care of my commercial load, because I blew it off last, the last half hour. It shows you how my radio legs have gone. Are you overweight? If so, we can do something about that. How's uh, 8 to 10 pounds off in the next month sound to you? Fiber can do it. Kytosan, which is a special fiber that comes from shellfish in a product called Kytoslim, can do it, and they guarantee it because Kytosan uh, um, absorbs 10 times more fat than any other fiber, hence the following guarantee, and it is a guarantee. Eat as you normally do, not more, not less. Less, I suppose, if you wish. Order a 90-day supply of Kytosan. By the way, you get an antioxidant moisturizing cream with it free of charge. And if you don't lose 8 to 10 pounds, you get all your money back. And, and you keep the cream. It's 1-800-557-4627. That's 1-800-557-4627. Now, Snappy, it, it'll, it'll blow you away. Snappy is about the size of a pack of cigarettes. And it run, it's got a 9-volt battery, operates uh, under its own power. What is it? Well, you plug it into the parallel port of your computer where the printer would normally pl plug in. And then you plug any video you wish into it, moving video, movies, VCRs, camcorders, doesn't matter. And when you want a still photograph of any kind, you click your mouse and boom, you've got it. As a matter of fact, uh, a still ph photograph of such high quality that it's actually better than the original. Now, I have no idea. They're, they're doing that with the a combination of their new hardware and software, 3.0 software. New Media Magazine said that Snappy, quote, compares to a $20,000 digital camera, end quote. It does. It is so amazing. If you've got a PC and don't have a Snappy, well, you just don't have a whole PC. $99. You can go see it on the web first, if you wish, at www.play.com, or go to uh, any computer store, reputable computer store anywhere, 
And there you will find Snappy. All right, let us go now to... Actually, where is it we're going to? Uh, I don't think Phoenix. Um, Dave, welcome to the program. Hi, Art. Hi. Uh, Dave, where are you presently? Olympia, Washington. Olympia, Washington. All right. Uh, and you work... You're a commercial airline pilot? Yes, sir. <sighs> Um, first of all, most commercial airline pilots, uh, Dave, do you want to use your last name or not? Oh, I don't have any problem with it. David Johnson, right? Huh? Okay, David. Um, most commercial airline pilots would have a problem with it, uh, with giving their name and giving the sort of report you're about to give. Uh, or has all that sort of changed? I don't see a problem with it. All I'm reporting is some lights that I saw in the sky. Uh-huh. When? It was um, January the 14th. Okay, and you were where, doing what? Uh, we were coming in on a flight from Des Moines, Iowa, to uh, Phoenix. Right, a uh, commuter type, I mean passenger type flight? Uh, yeah, it was a, I fly a Canadair regional jet, it's a 50 passenger jet. Okay. Um, we were coming in to uh, land at Phoenix, uh, it was our last flight of the day. Okay, and what did you... What, what what time, roughly, of the day? Well, it was just before 8 o'clock. We actually touched down. Uh, yep. Our wait on wheels time was about 54 minutes after 7, so it would have been about 4, 5 minutes before that. Wait on wheels, huh? Yeah, that's uh, we've got a little clock on our airplane when there's, uh, there's a proximity sensor in the gear, and when the uh, gear touches down, it clocks your time on. Gotcha. All right, so you know exactly then when you landed and um, exactly or very, very nearly just when you saw this object. Oh, yes. Or objects. Uh, describe what you saw. Well, we were approaching from the northeast, uh, just to the west of Scottsdale. Right. And uh, we were making an approach to 26 right, which is the northern of the two runways in Phoenix. And my first officer, they had, the controller had pointed out some traffic to us that was approaching to the other runway. And he was looking for that as I was turning in towards the runway. And he said, what are those two lights? And I looked up and saw two lights that at first looked to me like perhaps landing lights on an airplane because there were two of them. And, and it looked like it was very close. And I said, you mean those? And he said, yes. Mm hmm and then it dawned on me, because just to the left of them, I could see this, uh, they had pointed out a, um, I believe it was a Southwest airliner from the south. I saw the landing lights on the Southwest plane, and it dawned on me at that point that the uh, the two lights I was looking at weren't landing lights at all. They were um, much larger, and I would say they were more like the color of the, uh, some of the parking lot lights you see in some of the newer parking lots that are supposed to sure. cut down on light pollution. Sure. Kind of an orange. I call it a salmon color. Not quite orange and not quite pink, but an orangish glow. All right. I should tell you that I've got a report here from a listener that said the newest round of uh, lights over Phoenix, according to Channel 5, they're reporting the Air Force said the lights were, get this, once again, flares being deployed over the Barry Goldwater Gunnery Range located south of Gila Bend. Now, they're saying that the flares uh, were oddly bright and large due to the high moisture content of the air and the pollution of the air over Phoenix. Uh, does, does that sound like, do you believe it could be flares? Mm. Well, I'm not too sure if I've ever seen flares that I could judge that by, but um, the lights were down, from, where, from my vantage point, down over South Mountain towards the... Uh, 
Sierra Estrella Mountains, which are just to the southwest of uh, Phoenix. Yes, sir. Uh, well, uh, I understand what you say when you say it's difficult to judge, but size-wise, if you had to estimate their distance and therefore their size based on that distance, how big a thing were you looking at? Well, I, that's a tough question. Uh, seeing something in the air and seeing it on the ground are, are much a much different vantage point. I would, they were large, much larger than the landing lights on the plane that we were looking at, and they seem to be quite a bit further away. All right. Uh, even, even you say you also were seeing landing lights, and I presume that if the air was a factor, that other landing lights would have been affected uh, in a similar manner. Uh, if uh, there was some sort of diffusion going on because of uh, uh, humidity in the air or pollution in the air or whatever it is they're claiming here. Uh, I presume that uh, it would have affected other landing lights at some distance as well, in a, you know, in a similar fashion. I don't specifically recall any excess moisture in the air that evening, but okay. um, all I know is I could see the landing lights of the airplane we were following into the airport, and these two lights um, over the top of South Mountain appeared to be uh, different than anything I've seen. Hmm. Did you report it then? Uh, no. Oh, you didn't? Mm. Would you normally report something like that or normally not? Well, you know, at the time, Art, I didn't, I didn't think a lot of it except for it looked unusual. And then as we got, of course, I was busy in the landing phase of the flight, so as we got closer to the ground, I suddenly realized that these lights went out of sight behind South Mountain, and that's when it dawned on me that they were further away than I had originally uh, thought they were. And again, uh, well, can you, make a, can you make a judgment or even a guess about how far away you think they were from you? Is there a way to do that? Um, all I could say is they were on the other side of uh, South Mountain, and from, from where I was at, South Mountain was probably 8 to 10 miles away. Okay, 8 to 10 miles plus then. Yes. And how large to the eye would these lights be? I mean, if you, if you were to hold your thumb out uh, as far as you could hold it, uh, it, as large as your thumb, as large as a dime, a quarter, is there any reference you can give us? No, uh, probably the only reference is the landing lights on the um, 737 that we were, uh, that was turning into the other runway were probably uh, four or five times smaller but, of course, wow. uh, it was probably quite a bit closer than, than these lights, too. So. Wow. Well, yeah, but things get smaller at a greater distance, right? Oh, yeah. Presumably. So that would make them comparatively very, very large. Well, it, it, it appeared that way, and that's why after I landed, I thought it was unusual. Well, David, I, I really appreciate it. Did you have um, a conversation with your first officer about all of this afterwards? Oh, yeah, as um, um, not a detailed conversation because it was our last flight. We both left to go home, but uh, I'm, we talked about the fact that they were unusual, and, I, and after we had parked the airplane, I said to him, I said, you know, they, those kind of look similar to what I had seen on some video about a month or two ago 
I saw some video on one of the TV shows in the... Uh, of the March 13th famous lights in Phoenix. Right, and the difference being the lights that I saw in the video were, I believe, in like a wedge or a V formation. That's correct. And uh, these particular lights, there were just two of them, and they were by themselves. And uh, But the, the color and the, and the uh, relative size looked similar. Boy, what is it about Phoenix? <laughs> How long have you been flying? Uh, since 1983. How many times have you seen something like this? Like like the lights I saw? Yes, sir. Ever? Never? No. I mean, I've seen lights in the air, and usually it's landing lights or things like that, but uh, nothing. And the color is what really struck me, is uh, that odd orange glow, and it kind of, they pulse. They were, they'd get slightly brighter and slightly mm -hmm. dim. Um, was there a... An unusual amount of uh, pollution over Phoenix that night. Boy, I, I couldn't tell you that, Art. I mean, it seems like the, the, the more I fly in out of Phoenix, the more pollution I see. But uh, <laughs> I, I just couldn't say that, and especially at night. Uh, it's hard to judge. All right, David. I really appreciate your coming forward, and it will encourage others to come forward. And we have a lot of reports of lights just as you have described, and why in Phoenix specifically, I don't know, but I appreciate you coming on the air. Sure. Thank you, David. Glad you're feeling better. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank, you thank you very much, and take care. All right, that's a commercial airline pilot for a regional airline that feeds America West, uh, David Johnson. And he is but one of many who have seen, again, what appears to be another set of lights that have appeared over the city of Phoenix. Why Phoenix? I don't no, but I have report after report after report of more stuff seen in Phoenix. So he's certainly not the only one, but he is a qualified observer, and I thought you should hear from him. All right, uh, we are going to uh, stay with open lines, and anything you want to talk about is fair game. I've got a whole lot of material here. Again, I've got a report here from San Diego saying that um, two San Diego scientists have now proven that the fossilized bacteria, or whatever it was in the Mars rock they thought was life, is actually of earthly origin. Now, this is just from a listener, so I would like to get some confirmation on it. Einstein is not going to run for governor of California, as the president would have her do. He's the only one, uh, she is the only one, that he believes could win. Kaczynski, indeed is competent to stand trial, whether or not he's going to be allowed to represent himself is another question altogether. On the cloning front, it looks like the Jews uh, may allow cloning. It may be that Jewish tradition and belief does not rule out cloning as it would seem to here in the West. As you know, Richard Seed, a physicist, says, and is uh, continuing to say, by the way, that he is determined to clone a human child within 18 months. They have warned him against doing that. I would very much like to interview um, Dr. Seed and see exactly what it is uh, he has in mind, how he would go about doing it, and what he thinks the implications of it would be. So if anybody has Dr. Seed's ear out there, email me or fax me or something, and uh, we indeed will interview him. Um, and I've got a lot of other news here, which I'll kind of slip in as we go, but we're going to do open lines tonight. It is so very good to be back. 
after having a temperature, uh, running a temperature of fever, uh, for about a week and a half, on and off, on and off. You know, take aspirin, it goes down a little bit. Uh, stop taking them, it goes back up again, that sort of thing. So I have returned from this horrid little flu, which my doctor told me is type A Sydney, that uh, my wife and I caught, that we would have caught whether or not we took this year's flu shot, comforting her, which I did not. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, what's up, man? Uh-huh. Ari in Texas. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, I had a prediction. I know it's kind of late and all, but... No, you're way late. <laughs> I mean, you can make it, but I'm not recording it officially. That's all right. That's all right. All right, what is it? Um, I'm predicting that a few of the states in the United States will legalize marijuana or hemp for industrial use. Really? Yeah, I think uh, maybe Kentucky, Colorado, Tennessee, maybe. But they can't do that. Well, uh, for industrial use. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they can even do that. I know, but there's a lot of farmers that are really, like, going for it because... Well, what I mean is there is, I know there are, but there's a federal prohibition law against it. And so I don't think at the state level they could do it. Yeah. They could do it, and it would be struck down... Or it would be tested uh, at the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, well, I think if the people want it, it's going to be shown that way, at least. Oh, please. Uh, look at California and Arizona. The people voted what they wanted there, and the courts turned it around. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, like one of your uh, callers said, or somebody said, leaders follow. They don't really lead. Well, uh, whoever said that is exactly right. Thank you. They, uh, that's right. Most of the time, they do not lead. They wet their finger, and they put it up into the air, and they sort of test public, public sentiment. We have a president who uh, definitely does that, matter of fact. And if uh, public sentiment says, do this, why, he generally then is driven toward doing that. It's not a totally bad trait, uh, but it is not traditionally what the American people have known as leadership. The new year is here, and how many of you have made a promise to make more money and better your life? Well, when you think about the future, do you see our economy getting better or worse, or can you even discern? With a small investment of your time, you can create security for yourself by learning to trade in the commodities markets. Well, I know some financial pundits have just about made commodities a dirty word, but if you learn the ins and outs of how to do it, how to approach it with the right attitude, commodities can pay off big time. For over three and a half years now, I've been telling you how the Ken Roberts Company has successfully taught people to learn the principles of making and managing your money through clear, decisive decisions without depending on a broker for advice. There is a step-by-step -step process. First, you learn how to invest with a no-risk approach by trading paper. And only when you're ready do you begin using real money. Call now, 1-800-GOLD-KRC, to receive absolutely free, with no obligation, a complete report and audio tape that explains everything. No more guesswork, no more confusion, just straightforward facts. Call 1-800-GOLD-KRC. That's 1-800-GOLD-KRC or 1-800-465-3572. Bear with me as I catch up having blown last half hour's commercials. The Beijing Free Play Radio uh, is a radio that the people now in the uh, far northeastern part of the U.S. and eastern Canada know they should have. 
Uh, power has been out for a very long time for a lot of those poor people. It occurred because of a very non-seasonal ice storm. It should be too damn cold up there for there to be an ice storm. But they had a lollapoo loser. Loser is right. And what they lost is power. Hundreds of thousands of people lost power. And yes, it can happen to you, wherever you are. That's what the Beijing radio is for. It does not plug into the wall, nor does it require batteries. And it would work every single day throughout a protracted power outage. It has a crank on the side. You turn it for 30 seconds, and this radio, full seven-pound radio, plays on AM, FM, and shortwave for 30 minutes minimum. There should be one of these radios in every house in our town. And in a room, and check it out. You you can wind this for 30 seconds, and the radio is absolutely incredible. And an exclusive uh, Seagrain Company product. Call them in the morning at 1-800-522-8888. The Seagrain Company. Here she is. To get better. All right. I've got to tell you, I've been racking my brain, hoping to find a way out. I've had enough of this continual rain. Hello, Art. Uh, I was calling, wondered if you could give us an update on a couple items. I could try. Uh, the the station that I heard uh, yesterday's uh, run was on cold fusion. Yes. And uh, just kind of wondering what was happening on that. And also, uh, many months ago... Okay, and answer your question one at a time. Okay, all right. Uh, there, are, there were experiments that went on in Japan and were given up, I understand. Uh, in Europe, they are ongoing... And they believe that they have cold fusion uh, well underway. But the American scientists who invented it had to flee to Europe. So the, the amount of news we get on uh, the progress of cold fusion uh, is slim and none. Uh, I, I don't have much information for you. I'm sorry. Okay. You know, what's going on over there, not here. Yeah. Okay, the other one was many months ago... Somebody had called in a few times over a hole that they had in Washington. Mel's hole. Yeah. Yeah, it was several miles deep or something. Well, uh, it had no apparent... I mean, the military took it over? That's the way the story goes, and yes. That's, that's the last... That That's the last on. we know about it. I mean, Strange Universe went up there with cameras and investigative teams and everything, and they found military boot prints and all that, but they did not find a hole. Uh, okay. That doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, thank you very much. You bet. Wish I could give you some other update. I know that uh, they did an extensive investigation. There's a long story about a guy who threw refrigerators and cows, and for years they threw things into this hole, and there was no bottom to it. No bottom. It was Mel's, Mel's hole. And we interviewed Mel over, a, I don't know, two or three different interviews. And it really got to be a gigantic story. 
And then, in the end, Mel sold out, went to Australia, where he's no doubt uh, a living ha happily ever after on the money he recovered from leasing, actually leasing, I believe he leased the hole to the military. It was, it was a wild story. Why, a first-time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Art? Turn your radio off, please. Okay, hold on. Let me get under the covers. Right, that's first thing. Get under the covers? <laughs> Sorry. Can you still hear it? Uh, get under the covers. Turn your radio off. Uh, it's in the bathroom. Hold okay, um, hold on while you do that. Sorry. Had to get the guy out of bed, I guess. Uh, I'm probably just talking to you about the, um, the lights. Yes, the um, pilot. It was, yes, it was an atmospheric thing here. Well, how do you know? Um, I work for a, a television station here, not the one that you mentioned, but right. a different one. Right. And we have a camera on top of the tallest building in Arizona. Right. And it's maneuverable all over the city. You can see everywhere. Right. And they did a time lapse that night. And um, the... Excuse me, I'm a little nervous. It's all right. Um, the planes, you could see the planes landing at Sky Harbor Airport. Right. And our meteorologist explained that due to all the moisture in there... Um, hold on a second. Now, the pilot said there was not an unusual amount of moisture in the air. Um, there was a lot of moisture in the air. There was. Um, Sky Harbor actually was closed down um, uh, Sunday and Monday morning because of fog. Because of fog? Yeah. In Phoenix? Yep. Fog or smog? Fog. Okay. Um, it had rained here like um, Saturday night. Right. And it, it Now, was, it does do that in the desert. Uh, the day after it rains, it can get really weird and foggy. Yeah. And it, it, it was... Horribly foggy. It was fogged in for... This is... Let's see. That was Sunday and Monday. And then Wednesday, um, the station started getting... Right. So they just went to the, the Bank One Ultracam. Right. And they did a time lapse. Yeah. And the, the planes appeared to be going really, really slow. Yes. And the lights looked really big. Yes. Because of the moisture in the air. Yes. And they did a time lapse, and then you could see them landing at the Sky Harbor Airport. And you could see them what? You could see the um, the lights would would go towards Sky Harbor, and then they'd turn into an airplane and land. <laughs> it, the time-lapse thing that they did showed it very clearly. Uh-huh. Well, that... Okay, I appreciate the call, but that is not consistent with what the pilot said. Uh, he called these lights to be 8 to 10 miles out, and not not at all consistent uh, with landing lights. I'm counting it, and that may be exactly was. However, entered in Phoenix uh, back on March 13th, and uh, even now I think are pretty sketchy. The fact remains that Phoenix remains the, the focal point for a lot of this that is going on now. And now, once again, uh, in Phoenix. So I don't know. And every time the explanation, of course, is it's flares. Now this caller says his TV station determined that. No, it was landing lights. And yet here I've got an a airline captain who said, no, it's not landing lights. <sighs> what is a mother to do? West of the Rockies, you are on the air. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you doing, Art? Thank you. I'm up in British Columbia. Yes, sir. Can you take two minutes for a, a crash course on cloning? Uh, on cloning? For example, you've cloned 48 copies of, of President Clinton. Not that anybody would want to, but let's say you did. Let's say you did. Okay, you put them in 48 different women, 
they're they're the embryos are started. They're they're way on their way. Yeah. And the children are born, and they reach the age of the present president. Yes. Each one of them would have a totally different personality based on their raising and upbringing. Well, on environmental conditions. Because we are a product of our environment. Well, yes you, and you yes, sir. Yes and no. If you look at twin studies that have been done, right? Uh, which is this clone, right? Similar, yeah. Uh -huh. You could say they're identical. Um, twins that have been brought up, there are things that are so similar about them and the life paths they have chosen and all the rest of it that it seems undeniable. And they've done this. Now. So, um, that would tend to argue against what you're saying. Well, it's possible. But the, the other thing yes. not possible. Not possible? Not possible. The autonom autonomic systems in the body, which are all run by the brain, has to be there or the body doesn't function. Uh-huh. Breathing, heart Well, that certainly is true with our present makeup, but true. with a bit uh, of genetic tinkering in the future. It, it could be possible in the future, but I think it's a long ways off. I hope it's a long ways off. Thank you very much. Now, they have, and I read this before I got ill, they have transferred a, a monkey's head from one monkey to another, and the monkeys are aware of their surroundings and movements and reactive to them. So you better think really hard about that one. I mean, think about that for a moment. The head of a monkey taken off and put on another monkey's body successfully. Think about that. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. 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 Yes. Yeah, um, I was told to ask you a question. You were t actually told by somebody else? Mm, yeah. Well, it's not that I want to ask it myself. It's just I hadn't quite thought of a particular question. All right, what is it? Uh, I was told to ask you just how much truth you could handle. Oh, I don't know. Uh, it, everybody's uh, truth is so subjective. How much truth can I handle? Yeah. How much can you dish out? Uh, quite a bit. Go for it. Well, it's not me personally. Um, I would have to talk to this person and let them know what your answer was. Just a friend of yours, huh? Yeah. Okay, well, tell your friend uh, all that they can dish out. Call me yourself. Don't be a wimp. And uh, have somebody call up just to ask a question like, How much truth can you handle? Well, if it's the truth, no problem person should have the guts to call me themselves. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, yes, Art. Hello. Hey, how are you? I am okay. You're back in action. Yes, it would appear so. I'm glad to hear it. you <laughs> new to uh, the program. Listened for about six months, and this is the first time I've gotten through. Okay. Uh, amazing. Um, I think about a month ago. Mm -hmm. Where are you? Where are you? I'm in Ohio. Ohio, in right? And uh, I was asking about John Keel. Hmm. Have you ever? No, I'm not. No, I have not. Okay, he wrote. Uh, just wondering what your whole take on on that whole situation is because of the the nature of his writing. I don't have any take at all. I haven't read it. Oh, you haven't? No. Okay. His basic foundation is that these aren't extraterrestrials, but extra dimensional. Oh, that's possible. Beings? Yeah, that's possible. Have Do you have any opinion on that, or 
or do you think it's... That's it. Uh, I, what can I say? Uh, of course, it's equally possible. It is possible there's nobody here. It's possible there are... And it's possible that they are extra dimensionals. Sure. I believe in multi-dimensions. I absolutely do. And I don't find that view inconsistent with uh, general religious views either. I, I just don't have a problem with that. A lot of people have a problem with that. Wild card line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. Is this Art Bell? I'm the only one here. Oh, my God. I can't believe I got through. And I'm a singular, singular bell, not bells. Uh, the, the Art Bell. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Art Bell. Oh, oh, hold on a second. All right. That's always the first thing you got to do is turn your radio off. Oh, my goodness. I'm not only a first-time caller, but I'm a first-time listener. Wow. I'm in the great state of Maine. Um, how's it going up there? Uh, still thousands without power. And, um, oh, God, my heart's beating a thousand miles a minute. Oh, relax. Uh, scary truth uh, based on lies. Um, are you familiar with Biosphere Reserves? Wait, wait a minute. You have okay. information. Scary truth based on lies? Yeah. What, what is scary truth based on lies? Well, did you know anything about United States Code Title 50, Chapter 32? Yes. Isn't that scary? It states that the government can conduct... Where is it based on lies? Um, unbelievable. Well, it provides that there can be experimentation on civilians in America, biological um, experimentation and other... Uh, as long as local authorities are notified. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know where the lies are there. It's all out in the open. Well, the lies are when... Well, okay, okay. That's I understand what you're saying. I'm nervous. I'm sorry. I was wondering if you were aware of it. And, um, yes. Um, how about the... Fear Reserves. Yeah, the U.N., the land grabs. Uh, what about them? Well, what, what What has the U.N. taken? Oh, my goodness gracious. My daughter went into the website today and called me back and said, Mom, you won't believe it. Millions of acres, a woman in Montana, her land was taken. She has relocated in Maine. Her land was taken, and they made it a no-noise area. I understood that didn't happen. Oh. So uh, we'll check into it, but uh, this big scare about the U.N. taking land, I understand that it really didn't happen. It was pretty the U.S. government would never allow that. International Line, you're on the air. Hello. Art. Yes. It's Aileen in Vancouver, British Columbia. Hello there. Hi. You know, I wanted to ask you, is there a magnetic vortex near Phoenix somewhere? Beats the hell out of me. Because I know there's one around Mount Shasta. And I have a sneaking suspicion that these, well, some of them, not all of them, are coming from these magnetic vor uh, vortex, just like the, one of the previous callers said, the extra-dimensional beings. Maybe these vortexes have got something to do with that. Uh, it's something about Phoenix. I don't know what. I, I, I've never heard. I mean, there's Sedona, of course, and that's supposedly a vortex. But I, there was no vortex around Phoenix that I knew of. Well, one thing that's interesting about Phoenix is it is one of the largest cities in the United States of America, is it not? Well, it's on up there. I mean, you know, in the area, there would be over 2 million people, so that's pretty good size. Well, I guess if I wanted exposure, I'd want to go to the big, one of the biggest cities in the United States, too. So what about right over New York City or Los Angeles or San Francisco? Who knows if they haven't come there? 
Well, that's true, and there's so much fog up in San Francisco, they'd never see it. So much smog in L.A., they'd probably never see it. And maybe they've got to choose a place where the air is clear enough that people can see something. <laughs> God knows. Or perhaps it could be us. That's an interesting thing to contemplate, isn't it? Even if they wanted their ship... That's kind of sad to contemplate in a lot of ways. They wanted their ship to be seen. A mile-wide ship. You'd certainly have to pick your day in L.A., wouldn't you? Because half the time you can't even see the stars at night. There is such a heavy uh, level of smog over the city that you wouldn't even see a spaceship if it was up there. San Francisco suffers uh, fog. So again, you wouldn't see it. I'm sure that would be very frustrating for, in quotes, them. Extinguish your radio, please. All right, this is Art Bell. Yes, it is. This is Lulu from Louisiana. Louisiana Lulu. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I wanted to ask, you talk about taking a head off of one monkey and putting it on another monkey. How do they attach the spinal cords? Because that would help a lot of paralyzed people if they could find, you know, if they really can do that. Well, that may be exactly what doing that experimentation. Uh, one would hope there would be a good medical reason for it. Uh, you know, a simian is to a human being. Right. If they can do it with a monkey, they can do it for, uh, for a girl from Louisiana. I imagine so. Imagine waking up with a different body. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think I'd pass on it, you know. Like when you'd be uh, critically ill or something and... Suddenly you would wake up and you'd look in the mirror and there would be your head. Oh, that's a good thing to think about. Huh? <laughs> uh, what about a female head on a male body? Oh, my. I mean, it's getting gross. Yeah. There's no question. In fact, I've got a really gross story here someplace about exactly this kind of thing that's going to be buried. Uh, but I'm just getting story after story after story after story. I mean, this this kind of thing is going on. Everywhere now, we are moving into an area with this cloning business that is really beginning to frighten me a little bit. Yeah, here, here, check this one out. This is from you, uh, United. Uh, would it be man or mate? That's M A P E. Scientist wants to mate human creature and have mapes in the world. A mate, presumably, is what you would get if you crossbred a man and an ape. Creation of this hybrid by artificial mating, get this, artificial mating between humans and apes recently was proposed by Dr. Sidney William Britton, University of Virginia uh, psychologist. Said that it was scientifically possible and might help our hairy forest cousins speed up their evolution, bring them out of the woods and into civilized sidewalks. Um, right, uh wind up with something like those prehistoric uh, fossils they find, huh? Well, we might. All right. Leave it. Now, I said psychologist. Is he really a psychologist? Let me see. Physiologist. Sorry about that. Physiologist. Psychologist wouldn't make sense calling for this. The proposal drew howls of indignation from... Some critics, they said it was immoral, impossible, unthinkable, and the mere suggestion of such thing made them nervous. They're actually talking about mating a human being and an ape. 
some sort of artificial insemination as a way to help the ape to evolve on sidewalks of America. That's... It's incredible. I mean, the things that they are contemplating, and of course, as you well know, they are contemplating now, Dr. Seed and others are, uh, they certainly are in Israel as well, uh, cloning a human being. Now, I think it's only a matter of time. If they have not yet cloned a human being, I'm telling you right now, it's only a matter of time. I know I'm a little bit cynical about this kind of thing, but I've thought a lot about it. And if it's possible, you just know that it would be absolutely irresistible for them. And so I believe it's already been done. I'd certainly uh, be willing to take your uh, uh, thoughts on the matter. Anyway, I'm Art Bell. It's to post AM. And once again, I see that I am falling hopelessly behind in my commercials, so I will try, I'll try and do better. I'll tell you, when you've been off the radio for a while, you, it's like... Uh, you are wobbly for a little while. <laughs> From the high desert, we're into open lines this night. This is Coast to Coast AM.